Hello, you're listening to No Such Word Is Can't with me, Hazel McBride. I was always told growing up that there was no such word as can't, and I genuinely believe that that mentality instilled a belief in me that anything was possible if I just set my mind to it. As someone who started off with a seemingly impossible dream and somehow made it my reality, I want to help more people achieve their goals by giving them actionable advice, as well as sharing stories from others who have done the same. Today, I get to sit down with actress Samantha Clinch, uh, and we have discovered that a swan did in fact burst <laughs> forth from Eloise Midgen because the beauty that is sitting in front of me, you guys cannot see, but you should go check her out on TikTok. Welcome to the podcast, Samantha. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about the Harry Potter stuff, but if anyone hasn't already stumbled across your TikToks, which have blown up, um, can you give yourself a brief little intro? Yeah, that whole stuff is absolutely mad. Um, so yeah, so I'm Samantha and I've I've been an actor since I was like four. So I like started really, really young. And then around the age of about 12, 13, we got this big call up to go and be extras in the Harry Potter films. And it was like a big casting process. And then some of us got chosen and then we then went and did the whole Harry Potter thing, which then turned out to be even better than I expected when one day I just randomly was given the part of Eloise Midgen. Like there was no, no audition required, it was just you. And so it was just very like this whole mad magical moment, which has really shaped the entire trajectory of my life. Because I think it was from that very moment that I was like, anything is possible like everything that we believe is actually made up like we're supposed to do things by the book and this is how life should go and and then I think from that age it's such like a turning point age anyway where I was like oh no you can kind of like you know cut like sort of like go in different ways and sort of like crowbar the window open and get in that way do you know what I mean like there's so many different ways to do things and so now I work a lot in mindset and in coaching and I have so many formulas for success and it's all stemmed from that time because I was like, why did I get chosen? What was it about me that day? And then I try to work out like through manifestation processes yeah. and how our mindset works and our frequency work. Um, and yeah, and it's all about magnetism is what I found out. And yeah, and so now I teach that, which is- You really cool. are speaking my language. Like yeah. manifestation is my favorite thing. Like just being able to visualize, like if there's something that you really want in life, obviously you have to work hard to get it but so much of it like so many people stop themselves before they can even try and yeah. like getting yourself in the right mindset and visualizing oh it's so important I love it I love yeah. it we'll get into it we'll get into it but you started acting at the age of four <laughs> yeah mom sent me off she was like right I was just to earn your keep <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally um I it was just really funny like I was absolute little drama queen I think at home but I was actually super super shy as a child mm -hmm. and so um I would do like all sort of like ballet and tap and stuff started off mm -hmm. really really young and then they were doing acting classes on the weekend and things like that and so I think I was thrown in and all I remember because obviously I was super young but I do remember at one point everyone in the class being like Sammy won't say anything because she's just really shy she's really shy she doesn't talk and I think back at that now, and I'm like, oh my God, can't shut me up. So I just really like love how acting classes and anything like that can really just shape children into like, like conversation and like being really confident and yeah, being better communicators, I think. So yeah, that's where oh, we kind of started. Definitely. Do you have any early memories of acting? Um, yeah. So 
Yeah. Oh my God. I was always in theatre shows, like always. I mean, the first ever one obviously got the main part in the nativity. She was Mary. So then again, I was coveted, like. Coveted, coveted role. <laughs> huge. Honestly, pretty much peaked age six. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I did loads of theatre when I was younger, like loads and loads of theatre. Um, and yeah, and then I went to drama school and I trained and I did all that. And then I was in some short films and yeah. And then sort of like my journey has just quite, kind of been always creative. So always like, mm. how can I make money in the weirdest ways? So I'll, I'm, I work as a hand model. So I will do that. And I also am a voiceover artist. So I'll do that. So it's like any extremity that I can sell. I'm just like, right. I love that. Like, again, I think that comes back to mindset. Like there's definitely people, especially creatives who are like, Hey, I really like doing this. How do I make money from that? And then there's other types of people who are like, what can make me money so I can enjoy my life outside of it? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And I think, yeah, I think if you're, there is an element of safety to it, right? Because none of us want to feel unsafe. We all want, we all do need like a safety net. And I've always had jobs that have kind of kept me a little bit safe, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's about, you have to end up, I think as a creative person, I think you'll always end up just having to do two full-time jobs. One that oh, kind yeah. of does keep a few money and the other that you're like slogging mm -hmm. away. So you're like twice as busy as a normal person, I feel sometimes. But yeah. Oh, definitely. Fingers in a lot of pies. There's always, yeah. there, and then there's always the next thing, right? There's always like, oh, yeah, what if God. I try this? Or what if I try that? We never stop. Um, so yeah. when you got the word that there was this movie about wizards being made, like, did you understand how big it was going to be? Had you read the books? Yeah, I'd read the, I, do you know what? I only read the books when I got the part. And I remember mm. that being like such a like life-changing thing as well, because the books were so easy to read and mm -hmm. so magical. And like, I wasn't a huge reader at school. And this, then those books just really changed the game for me. Cause I was like flicking through them. And I was like, I don't know, you know, that whole thing of you, you feel like you're a book reader now. And all of a sudden you're a bit like, yeah, I read books. <laughs> yeah, I'm 12 and I read books. But um, they were so incredible and so magical that I just was like, oh my God, this is going to be, phenomenal but I had no idea like really how big the films were I think mm. one and two had come out but I wasn't I don't have any like memories of being like this is it do you know what I mean it's just very mm. like very like work-wise it's like oh my god this is so exciting and that's kind yeah. of yeah so you were an extra were you an extra from Philosopher's Stone no so just in Goblet of Fire and Prisoner of Azkaban right. those are the two yeah, and what was so it like like the first time you went to Watford to this like the film set and like did you get given your robes like was it very surreal yeah it was, it was so mad because I remember the first day we went it had to be for the costume um like the costume fittings and things like that mm. so we went up and we were just put in this massive like sort of marquee and there was like rows and rows and rows of cloaks just so many so many different houses and then um we were given like numbers and we were given uh what house we were going to be in and it was funny because in both films I swapped houses so I was in uh Slytherin for Prisoner of Azkaban and then I was in Gryffindor for Goblet of Fire <laughs> love that okay love, love that for you love that. <laughs> I know but Eloise Midgen is actually a Hufflepuff so the whole thing is just nothing crazy. makes sense <laughs> nothing makes sense if it's all made up so anyway so then we'd go into like these sort of like amazing sort of wardrobe sections and then you'd be given the shirts and I remember so vividly like these yellow shirts that we had to wear and the itchy sort of like gray knitted like you either got a gilet or like a long sleeve jumper oh, yeah, yeah yeah um and yeah and it was really cool because they had all these like really autumnal looking like scarves and things when we do outside scenes so it was always like really cool like accessories it was mm -hmm. just so 
fun yeah it's so cool that's incredible and what age were you when you first started doing it yeah I must have been I must have been like 12 I think oh wow yeah yeah and then by the time by the time Goblet Fire had finished because I, I had to go back to school then I was 15 and right. so I was like yeah I'm gonna go back to school school yeah because obviously filming like takes a decent chunk of time like for like you were on set every day for how many days like how many hours a day I know you spoke about that on your on your TikTok series about what like a day in the life of an extra was like but uh tell us a little bit about that yeah it's just so hazy and I was talking to my mom about this I was like how many days did I actually do she was like I have no idea and I was like why can't any of us remember any of this (laughs) but it was like I think overall it must have been like a certain amount of months Mm -hmm. um so they they did it really well obviously because um they kind of had to because obviously children like we have to come in with our homework but there's like so many laws and things like that so I remember taking so many days off school it might it could have been like three at at a time and then you do it again like the next week so you were in school like a little bit but um but I do remember the school having to give like permission for us to do that Mm -hmm. and at one point my school were just like you have a choice that like you can go and do the next like f- however many films or you can come back because like your GCSEs are coming up and you've got mm-hmm. to like really concentrate and do all that and so yeah. I was like maybe I should do maybe I should do GCSEs now maybe I should like do yeah. that yeah yeah definitely I get that it must have been quite the juggle as well you know you're kind of going through your teenage years and having this incredible experience outside of school but then also like well you got to kind of think about the future too at some point yeah yeah exactly yeah. And you spoke a little bit about some of the friendships um, that you made while you were an extra. Do you still talk to some people that you worked with then? Do you know what? No, like, no. And I, this is why I think the TikTok is so helpful because um, within two days, TikTok found my best friend, George. And like, I've I've reached out to him now. I'm just waiting for the response because when he responds, my God, we're going to get full situation going on. We're going to film the whole thing. But um, it's just like the power of the internet was just so incredible yeah. because, and also from it being like 20 years ago you can only really remember like the essence of people and things like that and yeah because it was like before the days of like camera phones and social media and stuff yeah yeah literally that like no like no way to keep in touch um so yeah so but what's really funny is that because there was there was a girl called Cleo who uh was at my sort of like theatre school and she lived in the same area and then she went on to go to school with some of my friends so we always kind of stayed in the same sort of circles so I met up with her again recently at a retreat that I was hosting and it was just amazing because she'd remembered so much of the stuff and I'd forgotten about and then we were like sharing all these ideas of like what she remembered and what I remembered and I was like oh my god I totally forgot about that and it was just oh it was just like the most heartwarming thing ever because it was such a magical time like it was the best time of our lives. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what it was like on set. Like, was it very magical? Was it very like, oh, this is hard work? Or was it a mix of both? Yeah, it was, I think I think it's always a shock of how much waiting around there is. I think if anyone's done extras work or if anyone has like, worked on movie sets or in films or TV or whatever, it's just like, there's so much waiting because obviously they've got to do so much with like lining the shots up and like the cameras and like all the lighting and things. It's like huge jobs. Um, so there was loads of waiting time. Um, but it was always really, really fun. And again, this there was like snacks, the snack situation on set and like the catering was just like so incredible. We just just couldn't move for snacks. So you just always entertained or busy or there was like a big like telly screen that you could watch. Um, and then, yeah, and then you'd have to go to school. You should have to do your lessons. And then 
the alarm would ring and you'd be on set and you'd be like, right, we're on set now. And those would take a couple of hours as well. You'd just be on there. Reta- like so many retakes, lots of scenes, took lots of lots of retakes and things, lots of great hall scenes. Many it must have been really interesting as well. Like being, I mean, obviously as an extra, you do still have a job to do. Like you're you're pretending you're a student at Hogwarts, you know, in yeah. the background. You can't just sit and watch like the yeah, scene yeah, yeah. going on. But it must have been really interesting to kind of try and get an idea of what the movie's going to look like, you know, kind of before it comes out. Yeah, exactly that. And you're so right as well about like the whole being on thing. Like it was such a training in being an actor because not only were you watching some of the greatest actors that we've ever had from the UK, you were having to be on all the time and like react. It's just so funny that I think there's a few viral TikToks out about just like imagine being in the background of Harry Potter where they're just constantly clapping, just constantly clapping. Everyone's so enthusiastic all the time. Like, Like it was just so funny how many times we'd have to do that and just like look. Do you mean keep that energy? Yeah, yeah. Energy. The cameras could be anywhere. So you were just like always on. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Who was like your favorite out of all of because there's so obviously there's too many actors to name like the big name actors that are in Harry Potter. Do you have like a favorite memory of seeing one of them or watching one of them work? Do you know what? It's or is it so hazy? (laughs) It's no, it's 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 so vivid, but it's so hard because um so Robbie Coltrane Hagrid Mm. he was just like the most amazing energy so like whenever you'd see him he'd always just be like so warm and like vibrant and like saying hello to everyone and just so like just so interactive and just so yeah just like incredible um and obviously the late um Michael Gambon as well he was just an incredible actor to watch and he was always really generous like with with like sort of the main cast as well, just always like talking with them and like doing all the scenes and stuff with them. And like, again, really, really warm with everyone that was next year and stuff. Um, oh my God, Professor McGonagall, uh, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. She, she was amazing. Do you know what? It was so fun to meet her because obviously I had that the, that dancing scene that got cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was incredible because it was just her and like, there was like probably like 50 of us that day. Mm-hmm. And she was always just like giving me a little nod, like, you okay, is everything okay? Like, so it's very overwhelming. It was like thrust in front of all these cameras. And she was just always really lovely. Just loved her energy. Oh, so yeah, really it's hard. Sweet. I mean, all of them. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so you mentioned the dancing scene that got cut. Um, you were very, you were plucked, plucked, handpicked to be Eloise Midgen. Um, what were your thoughts when you were like, oh God, yes, okay, I'm I'm a named character now. Amazing. Uh, who is this bitch? Um, what were what was your thoughts do you know what I couldn't remember I literally couldn't remember who she was at first and then I was like oh my god she's the one that has the acne because they literally whisked me off to get prosthetic acne put on and so I was like okay cool like this is where we're going with it but honestly like the first thought I had was just like professional I've I've mentally worked so hard to manifest this I didn't obviously like associate manifesting with it at the time but I was like I always knew something special was going to happen. Like there was no doubt in my mind that something extra cool was going to happen whilst I was on like working in these films. And so it did. And so I was like, we've done it now. Great. We're doing it. We're working. We're working actor. So it was all very professional in my mind. I was like, mm. right, I've got stuff to do. And obviously it was like absolutely like the most exciting thing ever when I was like with my mates and I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And they're like looking at my face like, that's so mad. And like, it was all really cute and fun. And then like on set, it was just like- Internalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Very like- sad and she does this thing where she's like (laughs) so what was the first thing you filmed as Eloise Midgen was it the dance scene that got cut or was it the scene where that made it into the movie where basically Ron is just insulting you yeah I think it was that one so I think they filmed 
yeah, they filmed that. And then afterwards, um, Professor McGonagall's like, now everyone choose a dance partner and everyone gets up. And then that's where mm. the scene happened where me and Daniel Radcliffe were doing the waltz together. So yeah, so that was filmed second. Honestly, I'm so glad. Like, uh, my mission is to find those cut scenes. And I think TikTok's mm. going to help me, but God, it's, it's just, you know, like someone sent me one recently and it's just at the, like of the back of me. But yeah, I saw like, that it was like a, was it, it wasn't a still, it was a video and it was the director yeah. like giving some, like Daniel Radcliffe obviously is right in front of you and they're like, okay, this is how, how this is going to go. And you're like, that's yeah, me, yeah, yeah. that's my head. That's the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, it was so emotional watching that. Cause I was like, I've not seen any footage in 20 years. And then I get to see this picture of like this video of me watching the director, which I totally forgotten that that had even happened. Um, showing me some dance moves with, with Danny Radcliffe, which was hilarious in itself. And I was like, oh my God, there must be more footage out there. So and you're yeah. like, okay, good. It wasn't a fever dream. Like this yeah. actually happened. <laughs> I know, I was starting to wonder. I was like, oh God. So when did you find out that the scene got cut? Oh my God, I was at the cinema. In the cinema, imagine. Awful, the worst. worst place. Worst place to find out. Um, and what was really funny is actually like, I only found out like a couple of years ago that my mum always knew that it was cut. She didn't have the heart to tell me. She was all went to sit, like the cinema together. I was like, mum, it's coming up. It's happening. And she was like, you're like giving the elbow nudge, like, oh, it's coming. It's it's soon. It's soon. And she's just sitting there. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I can't believe it. So they'd called my sort of um, my theatre school to mm. let me let them let me know, I suppose, that it'd been cut. Um, but they let my mum know and she was like, I can't tell her. So uh, it was a sad day. But I was like, I actually, you know, I actually can't really remember it that well. But I just remember being like, oh, that's strange. Did that not, why, where did that go? It was really good. But then obviously, you know how there was like so many scenes that we filmed that got cut. Like, I mean, so I many. feel like Goblet of Fire should have been two movies. Like, oh my God. I remember being in, like, I was an avid book reader, evidently. Um, but funnily enough, I didn't read the Harry Potter books until my mum dragged me to go see the first movie because I was like a reading snob. So I was like, so everyone else is really liking these books, but like, I'm sophisticated. <laughs> like, this little 10 year old, like, classic Hermione Granger like no 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 like I will read what other people are not reading and then obviously I was saw the first movie and was like I need to read all of them immediately um and I was so disappointed the whole Goblet of Fire movie with like how much got cut yeah it was it's unreal isn't it it should have been too you're so right it would have been so much better like the the Quidditch World Cup just like the edge does with the with the Quidditch World Cup. Like there was the build up. There was I was like, yeah, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna see the Vila. Like there's gonna be epic broomstick chip. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Like so honestly, I can't even imagine how you felt. Like you must have been so excited going into it. Like you told your friends, and then you're like, oh, shit, it wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, at least you're still in it. Like at least you do you you do still appear in it. They do still say yeah. the name of your character. They do, I know, which is so iconic, I feel, because that's just the whole thing. Because whenever I tell people the story, because I'd always thought about like where I should share, like, because I tell this to people, because people love it. They love Harry Potter. So yeah. if I'm like, oh, I was in the films, people are like, oh my God, it's just a really fun conversation starter. Yeah, people want then, to know. 
yeah exactly that and then when I'm like no I was, a, I was a named part and they're like who and I'm like it's such a fun thing because you either know her or you really don't and it's just such a fun thing where people if they really know her they go nuts for it they're like it's Eloise it's like so iconically niche mm-hmm. and it's like a little secret that we all know that like when we're in like the Harry Potter world we're like that character well, she was a bit of a bigger character in the books as well like she had yeah, more like, named yeah. like she was always the butt of a joke but she was yeah. like she was in several books like her name was mentioned a few times um yeah but did didn't someone send you flowers oh so when I was so literally on my 15th birthday there was like a buzz at the door and there's this huge bunch of flowers from Daniel Radcliffe I was like this is incredible so it's after all the films had like finished it all come out I was sad and he just wrote this card which was thank you so much for being such an incredible dance partner love Daniel and I was just like how amazing like you know you're like did he write that did the producers write that who wrote like in my heart I'm like hoping it really was him but I'm like what a lovely gesture just to be like we all know it happened we both know it happened and we're sorry it got cut but hey I mean I think I don't think that they would have addressed it from Daniel if it was if it yeah, wasn't him. Like, not. It, like it would if not. it was the director or the producers, they would have written like their name. I don't think they would yeah. have pretended it was from someone else. But maybe the idea initially was said to Daniel of, "Hey, this would be a nice thing because the scene got cut. What'd you think?" And then he was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, give me the card, write it." I could see that happening because he was still yeah. a teenager as well at that yeah. moment. Um, but yeah, hundred percent, he wrote it. Uh, yeah yeah I'll, sure. I'm gonna gas you up yes Daniel Radcliffe you, he, I know. he handpicked those flowers himself for you he <laughs> went to the florist and he was like no not for my Eloise she was a good dancer I'm gonna get the good roses and yeah it's a, do you know what it makes me think I'm like oh my god I, I never really thought about how much of a lovely like out of the way gesture that actually is like yeah that it is really is nice and just thinking I like you know, I don't know, maybe I can throw it out my TikTok and be like, did anyone else get their scene cut and then receive flowers? Just wondering. Does anyone else get any? Just just anyone else? You made an impression. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you get to film anything in the Yule Ball? Out of interest? No, I didn't. No. No, we just did like the like the pre-dancing scenes. But they were actually all incredible dancers that were doing those scenes. So it was all the dancey schools that kind of went up for that. So ah. Yeah, because yeah. obviously most of the Yule Ball is like them on on the dance floor. Yeah, um, and I think the kids were a bit older in that scene as well. Yeah, yeah they like, did they did dance. appear a little bit older. Isn't it interesting? Like again, you mentioned like the continuity of it. Yeah. Like you would think that the people that were practicing the dancing would be in like the Yule Ball scene. I know. You know, like that's that's interesting. Although I'm sure like they have like the child labor laws to like work around oh, yeah, course, and yeah. all of that. Um. But do you have like any particular like favorite moment from apart from obviously like dancing with Daniel Radcliffe? Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite moment or memory from your time as an extra there? Oh my god, it was it was I say oh, there are so many. It was so good. I think it's like sitting at the Great Hall, just mm. like sitting there and like having food there and like pretending to eat stuff and then like just the Great Hall was just so magical and huge and. I actually can't wait to go back because I've I've never been back since. And I imagine like it was probably a lot smaller than I remember, even though it's still probably massive. But do you know what I mean? I was like so small back then. But I was just like, yeah, it was probably sitting at the Great Hall. That was like so iconic. Um, yeah. And and probably just getting my own trailer at one point. That was also a very iconic moment. 
Yeah, I can imagine. It's like, hey, <laughs> look how hard I've worked. It's paying off. Made it. It's paying off. Uh, yeah, the I've been very lucky to go to the the studios in in Watford, and yet the Great Hall it's smaller than it was smaller than what I thought. So I think you are going to go back and be like, wow, this is smaller than I remember. But I think it would feel bigger, like when you know there's so many people in there as well. Like when it's a yeah. bit emptier, you know, obviously you walk in and there's no one there. I think it would it would feel a little bit different too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have plans to go back soon? You should definitely film it for TikTok. Well, that's the thing, right? So yesterday I put up a video where I was like, I need to go back, but I need to I need to go back as Eloise. Like, I'm like, I'm thinking, I was like, I pitched this whole idea. I was like, right, guys, I've never been back. Let's go back, tour guide and Eloise Midgin. Not only are you getting the tour, but you're also getting a cheeky bit of BTS, like what happened over there, what's going on over here. And also like, I just want to like run giveaways. Like, because the, the, the community that I've built has happened very quickly, but everyone is incredible on that that tiktok community of mine so i just want to like give some giveaways from like some really extra like you know big harry potter fans and stuff i'm like let's get everyone out let's get all the extras to reunite on the tour i can see oh it my all. god all the extras together that would be great like led right? by eloise midgen like yes guys <laughs> we're we're doing the thing um i have one more question harry potter centered uh what house are you actually like um, samantha clinch have you done like the pottermore quiz do you know what house you are? Because they were a bit confused with where Eloise was going. So, oh my god, I've not done it on myself. Oh my god, what to, can I, I do it now? Like live? Like what? What app do I? <laughs> I think it's quite long. I'm, I'm not gonna long. lie. I, I do think it is quite long. Um, I remember oh. when I I'm a Hufflepuff, and when I did it, um, I think God, it was like the original Pottermore. It was like over ten years ago. I did not want to be a Hufflepuff, so I took it twice, and I was Hufflepuff twice. Um, so I was like, right, well, I just got to accept this now. And, uh, now I'm hardcore. It's the best house. We're right across from the kitchens. Obviously yeah. it's where we yeah. want to be. I don't need to climb all those stairs. Like there's no lift in Hogwarts. Like, can I just say the ass on the Ravenclaws and the Gryffindors? Like <laughs> they must've had buns of steel going up and down those stairs all the time. Hilarious. Oh my God. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so obviously you you finished school, you did your GCSEs. Did you really decide, okay, I want to pursue acting? Were you kind of thinking about other possibilities? Where was your head at then? Yeah, I was like, academic stuff just wasn't for me. I was just like, not into it. All I want to do is perform. All I want to do is be on stage and do bits and bobs. So I then went to drama school. So I went to Lambda, which was like just a fascinating experience. And like, I don't know now if I would recommend drama school as like, the way to get in I think there is obviously now that I know there's so many ways to do things and nothing's real and it's all made up is that I think drama school is incredible for creating a community and creating your friendships and creating mm. the hub of people that you can work with and create your own work through but there is way cheaper options and there's also way more flexible options as well because drama school is like militant it's like really like it's a lot like your roll call at 7am like you're doing it's like I don't know it's just it's just very intense it's also um, expensive yeah it's super expensive takes up you You don't it's not like a uni fun vibe really it's like you, you're working you're learning lines you're doing all the things and it's just yeah it's just a really interesting world but um but yeah so I did that and then I was in loads of bits and bobs and then it was like just before I turned 30 I was like I'm gonna be a presenter now I've decided I'm gonna be a presenter because I was in a show and I just 
the, it was like, I had a really bad time with the director and I was like, oh, like if I wanted to be micromanaged in a job that I love, I would not be doing like, do you know what I mean? I was like, I'm not gonna do this. So I was like, if I'm a presenter, I can be very present and no one can tell me off of what I've said or how I've said it. Cause it's already out there. Mm. So um, yeah. And then six, six weeks later, I actually got myself a BBC radio show. So it was all very like paths aligned and it's all like the doors sort of spun open for me and it was all very good. So Amazing. yeah. Had you done radio before? Yeah, like a little bit. I'd done a little bit of community radio um, for like my hometown when I was sort of like growing up when I was at drama school. And then I joined a station near where I lived in London. And then, yeah, so I'd only been on it a couple of weeks. And then I was like, oh, I really love this. And then I saw this, it was basically a competition called BBC New Voices. And it's up and down the country. And I was like, oh, I basically branded myself a bit of a winning expert because I win things all the time so I was like oh I'll just win that I'll just win it great yeah well I'll win it and again it's that thing that I had when I was younger where I was like there is no doubt in my mind that something brilliant is about to happen mm. and I was like I'm gonna win it and then lo and behold on the breakfast show I was like called out and I was like yeah Samantha Glitch has won <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like oh my god what am I gonna do where do the buttons go um <laughs> But that was really, really cool. And that ended up being like an incredible series all about winning. Because obviously I was like, I'm not going to gatekeep this. Let's get mm -hmm. experts on to talk about winning. I was like, so I got mathematicians on. I got scientists on. I got love experts, money experts to all talk about what their formulas are for luck and winning. And oh, I love what that. It yeah. So it was incredible. It was an incredible show. Yeah. What a little hub of information. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm actually breaking them all down now into little like sort of bite-sized bits to put on my socials so that people can just like take all like the good the good stuff from them oh yeah absolutely and if anyone is interested in learning more about you know your theories of success and you know how to manifest and and project everything into your life where where can they find you where can they get more information so Samantha Clinch is my main Instagram but I've just launched one called Frequency Raisers and so Frequency Raisers I think it's frequency.raisers on Instagram um that's just going to be the new community where I'm going to put out I'm going to start I'm, my podcast is like well underway so that's about to get launched so all about manifesting all about high vibe things all about why it all works and how it works and how we can all make it work for ourselves um that's the page that it's all going to be on um, but yeah, Samantha Clinch is normally where you can come and like DM me and yeah, I'm a coach now. So if you need coaching, then I'm here for you. I love that. I love all of it. And I wish you nothing but the best and more success. But thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to sit down and chat with me. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Lovely chats. Loved it. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, then please don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and I will catch you all next week.